Welcome to Drinking Bros, presented by GhostBed.com. Sit back, relax, and grab a fucking drink. What is up? Welcome back to Tomahawked. I am your host, Rob Fox, joined as always by Dan Holloway. Um, not the happiest week, I guess. Kind of a annoying series against the Dodgers, you could say. Blew a couple leads, got blown out in the middle, but uh, did at least salvage game three. Game one kind of, that was a shitty game to lose. Uh, you text, I think you texted me uh, at the start of it. That was like fun way to start the game, and then yeah, yeah, bad way to middle and end the game. Well, it was kind of a it was a bull or uh, Charlie Morton was really hit or miss. These bullpen games are starting to catch up. I think um, <clears throat> just no room for error. Uh, even when you get a good start, you know, and then you know the next the next game with Strider. Pitched pretty well, had some bad luck, and also bad defensive performance yeah. in that game. Uncharacteristically of, of Olsen especially. Um, but, you know, it's the middle of the season. That kind of shit happens. Yeah, I mean, it's whatever. It, I'm a little, like, worried. Man, not worried. It's, it is what it is. But, like, we have kind of um, no-showed against three of our four most difficult opponents so mm-hmm. far, I guess you could say. <clears throat> swept by the Astros, swept at the Blue Jays, uh, lost two or three to the Dodgers, and honestly, you know, barely won the third. Uh, blue leads in two of the games. Um, I don't remember. I don't think we went up one nothing in game two. They won 8-1 to one anyway, so who cares about blowing a one-run lead? Um, but, you know, it is what it is. doesn't matter if you're beating good teams in, in May. It matters if you're beating them in October and we are well on our way still to uh, being in the playoffs. But so in the middle of these long seasons or whatever, you kind of get repetitive, I guess you could say, where it's like, what the fuck do we talk about again? Like, oh, Strider looked good again or whatever. Real quick before we get to the first topic, though, you said something interesting about the bullpen games taking a toll. Um, on the bullpen, for sure, like that's uh, obvious. But I wonder, you know, these guys are professionals, but I wonder if it like, at any point, the the three starters we do have right now are like, oh, fuck, I better pitch well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if there's extra pressure on their starts. Sure. To- I mean, yeah, when you're – so you, think about it this way. When you're looking at um, when you're looking at a guy's pitch count, you're taking into account the pitches he throws, sure, but mostly you're looking at the pitches thrown under stress. Um, <clears throat> for a number of both psychological and physiological reasons, those numbers do more damage. Dude, right, right. It's like your uh, more lactic acid and cortisol is going to get produced while you're performing in those high stress settings and stuff like that. So it does affect you. And I think um, going into the start, knowing that the team really needs you to go longer than what you usually do, is probably not great. Right, right. I mean, so some guys rise to the challenge. I guess some guys like that kind of pressure, but I think the average person doesn't. Um, <clears throat> not that they don't respond well to it. But just that it, it it requires more energy, you know. Yeah, I mean, you would think. I mean, just it's tough, and it it it. it I you don't want to be thinking about like when you're pitching in particular. It seems extremely um, counterproductive to have to think about like the whole week or the season. You know what I mean? And not just that start. Like how you have to th- like thinking about how your start's going to affect tomorrow or the yeah. day after that like you should really just want to be 
I guess, locked into the moment. That's in a way. The, yeah, that's the uh, that's what you want out of your starting pitcher. You want him to be a creature of habit, routine, you know, because um, <clears throat> pitching in the same way uh, that it is with shooting a basketball is, is a game of repetition. You know, it's a game of having repeatable mechanics. Yeah. That's what you want. You want to be able to do that over and over without thinking about it. Um, because <clears throat> when you're thinking about it, think about it. That's when you start to get the yips and shit. You start overanalyzing. Uh, we we talked to my buddy, the Navy SEAL, that helped uh, Nutsack out a few years ago with that. You start thinking about it. <clears throat> you start breaking things down in your brain a little bit, and your body starts making unconscious adjustments during your mechanics, and that's not good for anybody. <laughs> that's full chuck knoblock throwing the ball over the first baseman's head from 25 feet away. Right. Um. <clears throat> so yeah, you want that guy that's really comfortable with taking a start, um, doing a long run or some heavy cardio the second day, getting back in the bullpen, uh, you know, two, three, uh, and then coming back on day four or five ready to pitch again just in that <clears throat> both mentally and physically in the right zone to perform that day. Right. And it's when you, when you upset the rotation like that, I mean, we saw it even with position players when Duvall um, a couple years ago was stuck in center field. Right. Yeah. He, yeah. he was hitting like 190. Right. With very little power. And as soon as he moved to left, his numbers went up immediately. Right? But that happens all the time, too. I want to say it affected Acuna kind of negatively a couple of years ago when he had to uh, pull some time in center just because it's the same thing with him, right? Like you, you have to think so much more in center. You have to just focus on so much more. I will say this, though. Um, if there's one dude who is not affected by it so far this season, it's f- fucking Bryce Elder. Uh, he doesn't give a fuck. I don't know that there's anything going on in his head, to be honest. <laughs> like, like I, I, I don't mean that that he's dumb. I mean, like, I don't think distractions get into his head. That's one of the things that we heard about him um, last year when he came up is that he's just a good pitcher. You know what I mean? And to me, that means to to me when you when somebody says somebody is a, is good at pitching, not throwing, right? Spencer right. Strider's good at throwing. Um, it means that. It means two things. One is that they're very analytical and they have a game plan and they're sticking to it. And the second thing is they don't get distracted by much. Yeah. Because it's easy to get distracted out there with 40,000 people watching you. Or I've seen this multiple times this year. Elder doesn't get a call. A lot of guys will, after not getting a close call, especially if it's a fastball on the edge somewhere, they don't get that call. When they throw their breaking ball the next pitch, it hangs because mm-hmm. they try to throw it too hard. They don't get the break on it, and then they give up a home run, and then they yell at somebody and get ejected, right? <laughs> That's kind of the process there. So, <clears throat> yeah, I'm glad that uh, he seems really locked in as a person, which he, is nice. And Strider does too, by the way. Strider doesn't get negatively affected by shit. Yeah. and if Or if he does, he certainly doesn't show it. I think, I think most of Strider's problems – uh, it, it's not. It's never uh, a focus or anything like that. It's still just that he's unpolished, very unpolished. Yeah, he's still. I mean, look, he played a season and a half in college, right? Um, and he is now in his second and a half professional season, I mm-hmm. think. So that's not a whole lot of high level experience for a guy that is the number one starter on a on the I guess the team of the third best record in baseball right yeah, now. Yeah, something like that. Um. Yeah, it's pretty incredible what he's doing just with raw talent right now. But and Elder is it's kind of funny. Elder is the like total opposite of that. Yeah, total opposite. Just like refined his skills through. I, I think he went all four years of college, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So he he he's uh, got some talent, but his skill has really been polished. And we'll see how Strider goes. I mean, they were talking about it during a start the other day. 
Um, Frank Coor was talking about how Max Fried has really been spending a lot of time with him this year. With it's Strider, like, yeah, nice. Like trying to just teach him how to pitch, I guess. And like not when you t- when you say teach somebody how to pitch, you don't need Strider doesn't need to learn mechanics from anybody, mm-hmm. right? Like if his mechanics are fucked up, the pitching coach will see it and they'll correct that during practice. But I'm talking about the mental approach to pitching, right? You know what I mean? And but it'll probably turn out that he needs something more than just Max Fried. Not no no. Uh, no shade on Max, but they're very different people. You know, and they have very different problems as pitchers. Like every pitcher has a problem. Some guys are uh, a little bit wild, and this is going to always be like that. So they got to work within that. Strider's not, but <clears throat> he has a great out pitch, and he does lead all of Major League Baseball in three pitch strikeouts. Mm-hmm. Like he's got like thirty two now, thirty two three pitch strikeouts. So literally just first pitch, second pitch, third pitch, you're yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is incredible. Yeah. I, I don't think anybody else has more than like fifteen. I think, and that's like that. that's literally. I would imagine that is like the only out that like advanced analytics would maybe favor more than that is like the one pitch infield fly. Yeah, maybe like that <clears throat> because it's, you can't get more fucking flaccid. Yeah, that, as a batter than a three pitch strikeout. Except again, because pop outs are like, I think strikeouts are the obviously like guaranteed out, and then the next guarantee like a pop up is like a ninety nine percent chance of being an out or something like that yeah, uh, yeah but <clears throat> so his problem is going to be to solve for the can i limit my pitch count enough to stay in games late into the ball game even when i'm having a high strikeout night right yeah um <clears throat> it's just the uh the nature of the game these days that guys aren't going to throw 130 pitches you know what i mean it's just not going to happen so I honestly, you I, you rarely even see him hit triple digits anymore. It's getting more rare, and I and I wonder, you know, I'm I'm not entirely convinced that he should sacrifice that right now. You know, I mean, like it, the certainly throwing being more efficient is something he should do, but how much more efficient can he really get right. without sacrificing some of the traits that make him that dominant you know right. what i mean i don't know what the trade-off is for and that. honestly there is this obviously if he's getting you know th- what do you say 36 three pitch strikeouts 33 uh, i think i think it's 32 okay so he's it's like a third of his strikeouts he's started 10 games so he's getting like three of those a game mm-hmm. which is ridiculous um but yeah i i i'm excited i'm just excited about elder like i, and I love that but i i i don't know how much longer we can do bullpen games or dodd dodd's yeah. coming back up so Dodd Schuster, Dodd Dodd was kind of hit or miss. Schuster's looked pretty good, right? And uh, but honestly, though, like even those guys are are at risk of being a bullpen game, mm. right? It's not a total like it, you don't you're not taking a bullpen game off the board by starting those guys. No. So something's got to be done eventually. Um, but so what I was saying uh, at the top. You know, when you do like a baseball show, even if it's just once a week, like at some point you get into May, June, July, and you're like, the fuck do we talk about? Like, yeah, okay, the Braves won or lost again, whatever. It's the same old, same old. It's a long season. Um, but we were talking about something last night uh, after Ozzy Albies hit his walk-off um, sack fly um, about how good that at-bat was, mm-hmm. right? Like he <clears throat> got down. I think he kind of so – just on the first pitch, he missed what he wanted, and then he just played, spent the rest of the at-bat playing defense. Mm-hmm. Um, against Bickford, who's a good reliever, throws fucking gas, like not an easy guy to foul off or whatever. Yeah, a little surprising it was him they brought in 
to be honest. I, I assumed it would have been the closer again. Yeah. Or Gratterall or somebody. Yeah. But, you know, either way, yeah, he's a tough he's a tough reliever. So, we, and we were talking about it. I, I was just saying, like, man, what a fucking at bat by Albie. He's like, guys, so good. Um, just a great hitter. He's routinely lauded as one of the best second basemen in baseball almost entirely for his bat. I think his defense is underrated, actually. Mm-hmm. But um, it, it's his bat that gets him the, the love. Really. Yeah. It's the offense. Um, and I kind of wrote down some things. Like, he's always the driver or one of the or in the middle of the Braves, this iteration of Braves history's biggest offensive moments. He had the go-ahead run, a uh, home run in game four, the 2019 NLDS against the Cardinals, a game we should have won and avoided that fucking abortion that was game five. Um, hit a memorable walk-off home run in extras against the Reds in 2021. Uh, when we were like half the team was injured, we really did couldn't afford to be losing games to shitty teams. It was I, I remember that was honestly the point in the season where I was like, okay, okay, we can do this. We can make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Not win the World Series. Who the fuck saw that coming? Um, scored the game-winning run against the Dodgers in Game One of the 2021 NLDS. Scored the game-tying run in Game Two. Uh, was the first player on base for Solaire's giant homer that won the World Series uh, with a big base hit in the third inning all over Braves history. And you and you look at him and you think about Ozzie Albies and you're like, man, he's so fucking good. Like one of the easily one of the best middle infielders in terms of hitting in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and you and it, it's backed up by watching at bats like that last night. Like that guy knows what he's doing at the plate. Like he is a deeply intelligent player. Yeah. And there's also I mean, what we were talking about before with uh you know, stressful moments and people that rise to the occasion, I guess. Um, so this year, hold on, let me look. Um, the The difference between his approach and, and the outcome of the at-bats when there's runners on and not runners on has been something that's been pretty consistent throughout his career. So mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> this year so far, hitting 215 with nobody on, and a 654 OPS um, with runners on base. He's hitting 305 with a 920 OPS, right? Yeah. And then uh, the last full season he played when he wasn't banged up was 21, the Which World was Series. His year. best season, I think. Yeah. So 220 with nobody on base, 315 with uh, runners on, and he had uh, his, his OPS jumps from 657 to to a thousand with runners on, right? Mm-hmm. So. You know, that that's the kind of thing you're looking for from a guy in the middle of your lineup. Obviously, you don't want anybody. I mean, he he's going to be a very good baseball player for a career. He won't be great, right? Yeah. The great ones will, you won't see a fluctuation that large. But if I, if I have to pick between a guy who's going to be very good, like at the top level, a perennial all-star, but not necessarily great, if I, if I get to pick between whether he's good generally over the course of the season or good in the moments that matter, obviously I'm going to choose <laughs> the moments that matter, and that's the kind of dude he is. Well, I suppose the other, like the flip side of that argument is that he doesn't, it doesn't seem that he creates moments that matter. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you yeah. know what I mean? The way, uh, like in Acuna or Pujols or, you know, any of the great, great players, right? Mm. Or even like Freddie Freeman or something like that. Like, those guys, uh, like, yeah, obviously, like, there's men on base and stuff like that. Acuna, uh, Albies locks in and is ready to go. But there's something to be said for, you know, if you're not, if if you, if that's your numbers when, when no one's on base, uh, it seems to me then that you're 
you know, it's it's almost as important to start a rally as it is to finish it, sure. right? Yeah. Um, which no, it, I don't I don't know what his numbers are. Like, let's say leading off and ending seventh or later in a two run or less game, that would be something you could probably look up on Fangraphs. Um, but so so maybe it's, and I would expect they're probably pretty good because he seems to be consistently good and. In, in, situations that matter and we we talked about that with uh dansby back in the day right like it mm. just seemed he actually not seemed like he did get better numbers mm. um the later the game went essentially uh i'm trying to find splits on the innings i don't know that i can if i can i'm not going to find it right now um but yeah so albie's it's so funny like he everyone's like he's one of the best second basemen in baseball all this shit whatever his numbers, like over at, over the course, average wise, are like pretty mid. OPS under eight hundred, mm-hmm. seven ninety one. This is all for his career. Seven ninety one OPS, one hundred six WRC plus, which is just barely above average. Uh, his on base percentage this year is two ninety nine, which is bad. Yeah, that's pretty low. Um, but he gets homers. He's he's got three. He's played what I think six full seasons. Maybe I think six full seasons. Seven. He came up in seventeen, but that wasn't a full season, right? Yeah. So and, it was eighteen. Neither, 19. neither was last year, though. Technically, but yeah, he was technically in the majors. He was a so hurt. Eighteen, nineteen, and actually twenty-one mm-hmm. are his only three full seasons. Yeah. So he, in his three full seasons, he has twenty-four homers or more. In his three full seasons, he scored a hundred runs or more. Um, and so that's sexy, right? That catches the eye. Um, but what's interesting? So about the, this is what's interesting about his numbers on on when it matters most or whatever. I don't know how to read this, so tell you tell me if 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 what you glean from this. Okay. Uh, according to Fangraphs, in high leverage at bats, um, he's got an eighty-one WRC plus, right, which is about twenty points below mm-hmm. league average. However, well, twenty points below league average for all at bats, not for high leverage at bats, right? Uh, he his WRC plus with runners on is one twenty-four, which is like all star level. It's really yeah. fucking good. And with runners in scoring position, it's 127. 94 with the bases empty, as we kind of already talked about. He's a finisher more so than a starter, I guess. Um, I don't understand. I don't necessarily understand that that discrepancy. Um, I guess it would. Uh, I mean, I can look up how Fangraphs defines like high leverage at bats. Uh, but I don't know. What do you see there? Like, what what is that? Is he just like crushing, crushing? Uh, teams when there's a dude on second base and we're up 5-1 like um it, possibly yeah I'm, I'm trying to find the uh, where it's he's leading off the inning that's the last one I found the uh the late innings and the leverage <clears throat> but just position batting having a hard time finding that uh, yeah, I don't know how I'd read into that. To be honest, it's a good question. It's it's really it's a really interesting, but that's how he is, right? It's kind of like I never know what to think with them. So here's the thing: all those numbers I just said for his career, which I uh, for his career, they're pretty mid, like they're pretty whatever. Even they're they're they look better a little bit because second basemen and shortstops tend to be dog shit hitters mm-hmm. compared to uh, corner outfielders and corner infielders and so on. But um, here's what's interesting though. And this is kind of, um, I guess, at odds a little bit with his own numbers. Uh, he does a lot better with traditional stats. Since mm-hmm. 2018, he's only like eighth in uh, out of second baseman, eighth or ninth in, in games played. Mm-hmm. But he's fourth in homers, uh, second in RBI, fifth in runs, seventh in hits, second in triples. 
On in baseball? In baseball for second base. Second base. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So I mean, he hits a lot more homers than than most second basemen. And then, like homers, there's not a lot of power at second base. Ton of RBIs, ton of runs scored. I it's just so funny. Like I watch him and you know he's fucking great, especially yeah. when he's hitting right handed against a lefty. But it, <clears throat> it is such a bizarre like divide mm-hmm. between him being just like excellent, looking like he could be as good as anyone in the game. And I, I don't even really know what it is because the last thing we talk about it with Acuna all the time, right? Like he's got to focus. He's got to focus. Yeah. I don't think that's ever Ozzy's problem. Uh, maybe not. I mean, he's still, what is he? 24? He's 26. 26. So he's young. He's still, he's not even in his prime yet. Yeah. I mean, I, to, to be honest, it's, there's probably an approach situation going on there. Um, again, I think the difference between really good and great is the focus. Like, you never give up in a bat. Mm-hmm. Um, Miguel Cabrera, Albert Pools, Mike Trout, they don't ever give up in an at bat, ever. Um, <clears throat> you could have said that about Griffey the first 12 years of his career. Be- he kinda, pre- pre-fat Griffey. Before he started falling asleep in the fucking dugout. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, I- yeah, there's a couple of guys who just – and I, I think um, – Post twenty five year old Bryce Harper's like that as well. It's one of the things that makes him such a difficult out, I guess. Um, He's like so. I, what's funny with Harper, and I'm sure the numbers won't quite quite reflect this to the extent that it does. But like for me, like yeah, he can get hits and stuff like that. But he more than those other guys is just like a robot. Like he he has. I I almost feel like he like is like petty and mean and disrespectful to the pitchers. And he's just like, you bitch, mm-hmm. you think I'm going to swing at that? That gay shit you just threw? Yeah, yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Whereas like Trout and those other guys are like, okay, okay, what are we doing? All right. Yeah. All right. You, you did that move. Now this, all right, here's what I'm looking for now. Bryce Harper is just like, I spit on you. I spit on your stupid, ugly face. Yeah. He does bite his thumb. Not necessarily <laughs> in your direction though. Um, yeah, he, it's, I, I mean, I, I, that's just a personality thing, but I think the approach is the same. Yeah. Juan Soto's the same way. He does all that fucking dumb dancing around. Right. Well, not anymore. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, it's, I, I just think that's the, that's the difference between, so when you're looking into the advanced analytics and stuff like that, <clears throat> and I bet that's going to be the case for uh, Acuna moving forward as well. Every now and again, it seems like he might, not have a good approach in at bat, but nobody's going to be on all the time. But I feel like this year he's made the step. Like mm-hmm. it's, uh, not just him coming back from injury and being fully healthy again. It's the approach that's really changed oh, as yeah. far as I can tell. Oh, yeah. It's it's funny with uh, – so what do you – is there anything for Ozzy to do? Is this just the guy he is? Because it just – that's what's crazy about these numbers is that you watch that at bat and you're like, this dude is fucking – like he's got all the tools. Well, I mean, so right now against right-handed pitching so far this year, he's hitting 169. Yeah. And against left-handed pitching, he's hitting 441. <laughs> so I think what he needs to do is hit right-handed. I It's crazy to me that he leaves that. And it's just the thing with Ozzy, too, that makes it so disappointing. You can live with that with a guy like uh, Matt. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. 
Democrats tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. Olson or or Eddie Rosario to an extent, you know what I mean? But like, there's a uh, well, you can live with it when it's a left-hander because that's going to be a third of your bats, maybe, right, and not sixty percent or more of your bats, right? Like sixty percent of uh, uh, at least sixty percent of all these at bats are going to be against right-handed pitching. Mm-hmm. But he, him being on base seems more important than most of the other players on the team because of the speed element that's there. Mm-hmm. Like, he is a first to third guy mm-hmm. with the new rules and everything, uh, more of a threat than he already was. He has a 20 stolen base season, though. Yeah. He's kind of given that up. But really, though, it's a first to third. Yeah, scoring, it's more like running the bases. Yeah. yeah, scoring from second. And he's an intelligent score type of guy you want on third base with one out. Like, that is a, that, that is, you don't need to hit the ball deep to get him in. Like, he has. I guess my whole point is like it's it's a little disappointing to see that no nobody on base ship because he has more on base skills than basically everyone on the team except Acuna and maybe Mike Harris. Yeah, well, his on base percentage against uh, right-handed pitchers is uh, two thirty six, which is about as bad as a major leaguer is going to get. Yeah, that's fucking terrible. Yeah. So, um, uh, honestly, you know, Chipper used to talk about this all the time. To be a switch hitter like that, you've got to do everything right, and then you've got to turn around and do everything right again. Yeah. And it's very difficult to do that because most people don't have, even Ozzy, he doesn't have the same stance or load or any of that stuff from both sides of the plate. It's difficult to stay in rhythm. It's the hardest thing in professional sports to do to hit a round ball with a round bat, especially the way that it's moving all over the place at 100 miles per hour now. Um, I think he should probably just start hitting right-handed. I mean, you think that you you've got to think they're going to talk to him about that at some point because those Maybe. numbers at l- batting left-handed are fucking unsustainable. That's pretty rough. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's interesting because and he by the way that at bat last night that that was an excellent bat. It was left-handed at bat. Yeah. Um, now uh, now granted, he, he that success came by, by him getting out, right? Sure. Yeah. But so, I mean, you know, that's that's the, what the job was exactly at the time. Well, and I think that speaks to the OPS WRC plus shit versus then being second in RBIs, mm-hmm. right? So that's kind of the weird yeah. situation you get with him. And it, honestly, at the end of the day, they said this about, I think Fangraphs wrote this about Tom Glavin um, after he got inducted into the Hall of Fame. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. People always bitch about, um, well, his um, peripheral numbers weren't that great mm-hmm. and everything like that. It's like, but eventually all that matters is the result. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you know, if, especially as a pitcher, but if you're any player like Craig Council, people kept signing him. Different teams kept signing him right. because every year he was in the World Series for some reason. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then, uh, uh, who was the other one? Wasn't it? Uh, Hinsky played for us, was yeah, in the World Series a couple yeah, years Eric in a row. Hinsky, yeah. So it's like, um, maybe that's just coincidence. Right. But as a pitcher, it's not. Like, you. I don't. I don't like to look just at the win-loss record of the pitcher to determine whether they had a good season. Obviously, there's all the peripheral numbers, the advanced analytics, and stuff like that. But how did the team? How did the team perform in his starts? Mm-hmm. Right. That's that. I think that's important as well. Like if you if you end up th- starting 34 games and you win, uh, uh, you know, 15 games is a good season, right? But if your team lost all the other games, right. right? then maybe you're not setting them up for success or anything. Sometimes guys just don't get run support in certain years. It's, it's, it's a weird thing in baseball. I don't understand it. I don't know if it's something psychological or if it's just a coincidence, but there's, there's, 
it is a thing that happens where a particular starting pitcher, and it's usually good ones, just Jacob get Degrom no, famously, yeah, just get no run. Like I, I think one season for Degrom, his team, uh, the Mets, averaged like two point one runs a game for him or some shit like that. I believe he won his Cy Young either in eighteen or nine. It's got to be eighteen. Uh, one seven e one point seven zero ERA. Nine win, wins above replacement, struck out 11 per nine, only walked le, walked less than two per nine. Uh, his, his record was 10 and nine. Like they were scoring like a run a game. Like he was letting up 1.7 runs a game and they were scoring like 1.3 runs a game. I mean, that's like criminal. He went, and by the way, I mean, he went 11 and eight the next year. It was just, yeah, it's absolute, absolutely brutal. I'm yeah, just, but you know, again, it's back to the point. That's uh, that kind of stuff, I guess, is out of your control. But that's why they started tracking quality starts. You know yeah. what I mean? Because sometimes, obviously, you're not always going to get a decision in a game for a variety of reasons. You can't really control what happens after you leave the game, or sometimes you get bailed out. Either way, um, but. The quality start thing, and they've changed the definition of it over time. It used to be five and two thirds innings and less three runs or less. Yeah, and I think now it's just five innings, three runs or less. Okay, which is interesting, right? Because, uh, and and that is what it is, right? I mean, what is it? What does it mean to have a quality start? It means relative to everybody that's starting. Was this on in like the top third percentile? I guess right, or something like that. I don't know what, how they really determine if, that, if they're but. making it relative. If they're grading on a curve. I guess that. Well, you have to, right? Otherwise, nobody would fucking have any quality starts. (laughs) Right, right, right. There, how many? I would love to know how many starts in Major League Baseball in an average year since, like, let's say, 2015 or so, when the ball started getting juiced again. Mm -hmm. Like, how many? How many? What percentage of starts per year would have been quality starts under the old rule? Like five and two thirds, three runs or less. Probably not very many. Yeah, probably not. I mean, for me, just watching any baseball game, I'm pretty. Unless there's like real extenuating circumstances, like errors or some shit like that, I, I would like a pitcher to get through six, right? That is, um, I mean, yeah, that's the expectation. I, I mean, and 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 guys from the era before this one, the '90s and shit like that, would be like, that's mm-hmm. not a big ask to get through six. That's that ain't shit. Like the, I mean, like Maddox, Glavin, Smoltz, they were always like, it was. I felt like a failure if I didn't pitch seven. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and really, that is for me, too. That's the kind of the way I feel. But it is what it is. Uh, real quick, before we get back to the show, we do have some sponsors. Of course, it's MyBookie, MyBookie.com. Go there and use the promo code DRINKINGBROS, and you can uh, double your first deposit up to $1,000. So if you put in $1,000, they'll give you $1,000 free dollars to play. Um, if you're a little more impoverished than that, can't do $1,000, that's fine. We support all peoples here. Uh, put in 50 bucks, give you 50 bucks. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Uh, they'll match it up to $1,000. Check that out. Um, I missed a fucking parlay last week by one leg, and it was fucking the Pirates somehow dicking down Zach Gallon and the, funny. And the Diamondbacks. That's that, fucking baseball That's betting. funny because uh, Spader lost out on a million-dollar bet last night because the Pirates lost. <laughs> one million. That's actually, I want to say that's the second parlay in the last like two or three years that the Pirates have killed for mm. me because they beat the White Sox when the White Sox were good yeah. and the Pirates were dog shit. Well, they were on opposite ends of this one. He thought they were going to win last night. Yeah, yeah. And they were the opening game and he lost that one and then won all other 14. Why didn't, why didn't you just re-enter it in real quick? Uh, no, he, he won like 30 grand yesterday. Okay, okay. That's, 
He lost a million, right? Yeah, well, he didn't right. lose anything technically, but you know, <laughs> right? That still sucks. Made le- made a little less, um, but yeah, we uh, we love betting the uh, baseball parlays here. Definitely check that out if you get a chance at mybookie.com. Again, the promo code Drinking Bros will double your first deposit. Um, came across an interesting tweet today from uh, Braves beat writer Dave O'Brien. I think he's on the Athletic now, but he used to be Journal Constitution. Mm. Um, I was going to read this to you. I didn't know this. And I'm kind of shocked by it at this point. The Braves are good. There's no no doubting that. But these numbers still kind of surprise me. The Braves, according to Dave O'Brien and, and the numbers, uh, lead the National League in slugging percentage, OPS, and home runs per game. And our pitchers lead the league in ERA, strikeouts, and we've allowed the second fewest homers and fourth fewest walks. Now, homers per game and strikeouts, I buy no question. That's, yeah. kind of, that's our game, right? Mm-hmm. The rest of this, I'm pretty fucking shocked by. Uh, yeah, the ERA is surprising. That is extremely surprising. I'm honestly surprised by the OPS, too. Yeah. Uh, we've got a couple guys OPSing quite a bit below what they usually do. And then we're trotting out. We'll get to this. Uh, so it's not maybe not such a bad thing anymore. But we're trotting out fucking Marcelo Zuna. Yeah. And, I mean, it's the OPS is shocking to me. Slugging makes sense. Because um, we hit so many home runs, and I guess that's probably what's buoying our uh, our OPS. Because that tells me what the on base range is three thirty. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, let, let me look. But typically, um, typically Olson and Acuna are at the top of the league in doubles, but Acuna's tenth. Olson's probably up there somewhere as well. Um, yeah, it's I, it must be home runs. I mean, we're we're pretty. Let's see. Let's look at team stats here. Ah, you fucking dummy. It really is. So, I mean, homers have more value. Sure, yeah. Than uh, that, yeah. like in your slugging percentage yeah. than uh, than a than a double does. So, I mean, that's got to be booing the slugging percentage, like incredibly so. Well, we've got a. You know what? It's actually. Uh, da, 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 da. I don't know that that's accurate anymore. I think, uh, no, it is. What the fuck? Oh, I see. Okay. So we have um, our slugging percentage is .006 higher than the Dodgers. Okay. Who are second place. Um, We've got 80 home runs. They have 82. We have three triples. They have 11. Jesus. And they have nine more doubles than us as well. But we have... A lot more hits. Okay, we have we have like twenty more hits okay. overall. So I think that's that's what's making up for it. It's contact and not power that's giving us the slugging advantage right yeah. now. Oddly enough, um, yeah, that, I thought that was fascinating. And honestly, this last one I, I didn't know, um, but it does make sense. Like the fourth few is not giving up a lot of walks, so that probably means we have a pretty decent whip overall. Yeah. Um, and and not giving up any homers, right? So we're not letting people on base, and we're not letting them fucking hit balls out. Which, I mean, that's good. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a that's a recipe for success for sure. Um, I wonder how long it'll hold with you know two fifths of our rotation being bullpen games or minor leaguers. But uh, I was and I and we started out incredible, right? So this mm-hmm. is for full season. I, we've come back down to earth a bit over this sort of rough portion of the schedule that's about to end. But, like, truly, I, I saw all of this and was like, what? How? I kind of thought we were just, like, 
MacGyvering our way through the last month of the season. Well, we've gotten a lot of good performances out of people. I mean, when he's in, Freed's been good. Mm-hmm. Um, Strider's good pretty much every game. Elder's good pretty much every game. Um, so I guess you know it's papered over. And we we've lost some close ones too. We've we've uh, stolen defeat from the jaws of victory a number of times so far yeah. this season. Um, speaking of Freed, uh, he's begun throwing again, I think, as of today. Oh, good. So probably three, four weeks. I don't know. I don't think they really want to rush him back. No. To be it, honest. It seems like Soroka's getting close. Uh, Soroka had a really good outing yeah. this week. Um, I, I, I mean, look, who knows? I know they're trying not to rush him. Maybe they go one more start uh, if uh, – so they have uh, – hold on. God damn it. Um, we're starting this series with the uh, Phillies. Dodd and Schuster go games one and two. If one or both of them look good in those starts, uh, chances are he's going to get another triple A just to yeah. stretch it out. Um, he, had, he hadn't thrown more than 80 pitches in a game yet, and he threw 96 in this last one. Okay. So I think they want to get him another game where he can stretch it out a little bit, get 90 or more, 90 to 100 pitches, and then he'll probably be ready after that, so maybe a week. Which is nice because he'll get a nice. There will be a soft landing spot for him. For example, if he comes up, uh, even if they brought him up now and brought him up to next Tuesday to pitch, it's at Oakland, right, in a right. massive fucking ballpark against um, a Triple A team, against a shitty team. That's not the worst thing. And then uh, you know his second start would be against the Mets at home on June sixth. Okay. Um, which is D Day, by the way. So you know. People forget Canada had a beach. Soroka's Canadian. Yeah, I mean, well, I don't, I don't know that. Yeah, the Canadians they weren't on Omaha Beach. Which one were they on? Uh, Gold Sword or Juno? Juno was one of those. Uh, Juno, maybe. I think it was Juno. Where did the Canadians land? Juno, yeah, yeah, it was Juno Beach. Yeah, they had their own beach, and I'm pretty sure our uh, like the 82nd jumped north of Juno. I believe okay. they were supposed to link up with the. Or they were supposed to have an LOA with the Canadians. Uh, were they not? not so because it was the three divisions that jumped in. It was eighty second, one hundred one, and then the British first. Right. Yeah. So with the British first, not. They were on the other side. Okay. Yeah. And we, but none of it. Well, they were supposed to be. None. Nobody landed where they were supposed. to <laughs> Right. Be. It was all uh, total fucking shit show. But anyways, yeah. Hopefully he can be back soon. Mostly just because. I miss seeing him pitch. And, yeah, we're coming out of a pretty rough part of our schedule right now, but relatively unscathed, still have the second-best record in in the National League. Yeah, and Um, I think so. We were talking about it off-air. We were playing at like a 92 or something win pace over this. Now it's probably more uh, back to mid-80 win pace. But, you know, if we could take three or four from the Phillies, that to me is the end of the stretch is this Phillies series. We can take three three or four from the Phillies. We'll end up like, I think, like 20... One and uh, eighteen mm. over this brutal stretch. So above five hundred. That's a good clip. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's exciting. Uh, one interesting thing that's happened over this stretch that I wanted to get to before we get out of here. Uh, we titled an early episode of this uh, season shows Marcelo Zuna is dead. Yeah, uh, he might be a zombie now. He might be back. Maybe yeah, but I don't care. I want him gone. Yeah, I mean, he's a piece of shit. I wouldn't mind trading him for something, maybe using him as a valuable trade piece because yeah. his numbers right now in May are goddamn insane. This, so mo- would, this would be the time to fucking make a move. Yeah, the month is almost over. Um, 
what, six days left, so a week left, basically. He's had, Marcel Zunas had 64 at-bats in May. And I wasn't really paying attention to him, so I, I knew he was hitting homers, but mm-hmm. I kind of thought, like, oh, well, that's all he does, right? Like, yeah, he's, he's all right, he's gotten into a few more, whatever, fuck him. He's hitting 328, 403, 688. He's got an OPS over 1,000 for the month, yeah. 187 WRC+, plus, 18 RBI over the course of 25 days. I mean, he's fucking crushing the ball. He's he's also he's got his best hard hit percentage since 2020 when he was borderline the MVP for the COVID year. Um, this is his best full season of hard hit percentage, hi, uh, second highest barrel percentage of his career, and the second highest launch angle of his career. Um, he's definitely hitting pretty much everything, including Will Smith. <laughs> yeah. Which I, was, uh, I that, saw that clip like, and I was like, oh, Will, don't get don't get in a fight with him. Yeah, he he'll choke you. Right yeah, there. he's he doesn't mind hitting his wife. He'll yeah. hit you. Um. Yeah, that that was all really goofy. Like he, Ozuna definitely stands not in the far back of the box, but like with his foot outside the line, mm-hmm. but touching the line. So as far back as you're legally allowed to go. And um, I, honestly, like, I'll, obviously I'm a Braves fan, and I don't really care for the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but man, I saw those two beefing, and I saw what it was about, and I was like, mm, Marcel's probably wrong. Yeah, I mean. I think that Smith is pretty much all the way at the back of the catcher's box already. I don't, I don't know what else you could do. Um, and I've, we've seen Ozuna hit other catchers before, but to be honest, fuck him. You know, yeah. Like the batter has the right away. That, yeah. That he's basically committing uh, or getting close to committing catcher's interference. If if the umpire wants to move him forward in the batter's box, then he's free to do that. But otherwise, you're responsible for your own safety when a guy's swinging a 34-ounce piece of lumber around. Especially dude. a fucking animal like Marcel, yeah. like, like one of the strongest dudes in the league. Yeah, I'm not really sure what your fucking, uh, what your expectation is there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I, it was kind of goofy, too. Like, you can tell how bored, how boring certain parts of baseball have become. Like, there's no more brawls and shit anymore because... Um, they were just having kind of a conversation, and the bullpens came out. Right. And they were all like, fucking, what are you going to do? Like, are, we, are we doing something? Yeah. Is it actually happening? Yeah. But there are no more brawls in baseball, unfortunately. Know, there should sucks. be one every game. It's safer than plunking a guy. Did you see that? You know, we've talked <laughs> before about how policing, the players policing themselves keeps the game safer, actually, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, someone was talking about that in hockey the other day. Did you see the clip of this? How, like, there's no fighting allowed. It's some, it was some global tournament. It wasn't mm. the Stanley Cup. And there's no fighting allowed in this tournament. And this guy fucking stomped on another dude's shin with his with skate. skate. Oh yeah. shit! Yeah. No, I didn't see that. It that's was fucking great. wild. Yeah, like that's... just picks his fucking foot up and. Bah! Well, some dude from uh, uh, rode a fucking Golden Knights guy into the ice last night and basically cross-checked him in the side of the head, which <laughs> I, I I honestly haven't seen that very much. Yeah. In life, like he. He checked him unawares and sent him to the ice, which, you know, you got to keep your head up. That's your fault. But then he followed him down to the ice and, like, cross-checked his upper body. You can't do that bullshit. Um, (laughs) What I like about playoff hockey is they don't want to, like, sacrifice the penalty minutes, but they'll fight when the game's over. Yeah. You know what I mean? God, there was a great one, uh, like, eight, ten years ago between the Blues and Sharks, where as soon as the game ended, they just fucking ripped into each other. Mm -hmm. But they didn't want to... Like, yeah. you don't want to give up a goal. Like, it's too valuable. Uh, but that's funny. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, man, I, Ozuna's interesting. I do still hope they trade him because he, 
is dumb and uh, well, you know, it's, it hits not, ladies. Not just that he's dumb, but he had there are massive performance swings. Right. You know what I mean? That's not like on a championship caliber team. You can't fucking carry a guy on a roster who might not get a hit for a couple weeks. Yeah. I mean, it's a roll of the dice, right? I guess he could carry you through a series or two in October, and he could. He's totally capable of that. Yeah. But at the same time, right, he could also be a fucking black hole in the lineup. Yeah. Um, but it is, I am at least, you know, I'll take Braves wins, and, and like I said, I do hope, you know, maybe you can package him for a uh, a pitcher from somebody. Nobody sucks enough yet to, mm. to really make that trade. Um, but it is what it is. Yeah, we'll see. Speaking of uh, trades... Or not trades, but speaking of uh, dumb shit that's happened in baseball over the last year, I guess. So uh, we, I guess we finally know what has been going on with Carlos Correa. Right? Oh, I didn't see this. So uh, today got diagnosed with plantar fasciitis in his left foot. Uh, and then that's been leading to issues with that left leg. Okay. So now he's got a strained, I think, strained calf muscle. And his left leg as well, but if you remember, plantar fasciitis is what Pools dealt yep. with, for, and that, and to be honest, that's probably it, it the best his... explanation for his meteoric decline. Yeah. In, in in Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, it, it killed the second half of his career. Yeah, and he still finished seven. with seven hundred home runs, which is crazy. But uh, Carlos Correa is twenty seven, so it's happening to him. Or he might be twenty eight now. Is he twenty eight? A bit uh, yeah, younger than Pools. Yeah, he's twenty eight. So. Three years younger than Pujols was. Pujols was like 30, 31 when yeah. he left St. Louis. So, you know, makes sense that the Mets pulled that deal and makes sense that Giants. nobody else wanted to fucking sign that deal, yeah. to be honest, because you don't know. Maybe it, maybe it's fine, but it does, it's he's going on the IL now for it, so it's yeah. not fine. Well, that seems to be just the killer, right? Like that that is for hitters what like sort of like a perpetually shitty shoulder is for pitchers. Yeah. Just can't get right ever. Um yeah, that sucks. He's a, he's dope. He's good for the game. Yeah, I like him, but I mean, we're gonna see like a mid version of him from now on, probably. Yeah, he. I would uh, maybe not put him at shortstop anymore. I would limit the amount of movement he has, if possible. Yeah, I mean, he's pretty. How tall is he? He's pretty he's tall, right? Six four. Put him at first base, man. First, I mean, third DH. All the DH him a lot. I like, guess. Yeah, somewhere where he doesn't have to run around too much yeah. although I'm not that's Pujols went to the American League then and I think that was intentional right yeah I don't I don't know that he would have left St. Louis if that injury hadn't happened yeah um but he knew he was gonna have to DH and he, he ended up playing quite a bit of first base for Los Angeles but didn't look great over there I mean no. did, not when I say it didn't look great I mean he just looked uncomfortable all the time he, he and the running was even worse him getting on the base pass yeah. was fucking brutal uh well that sucks for Correa I do I do enjoy him he uh, he's just a good shit talker you yeah. know what I mean yeah I mean you know the problem with that shit talking is that sometimes uh Jorge Soler <laughs> does it back to you you know but right you can't control that yeah and it's I like that Jordan thing. Like it's easy to talk shit when you're up, but talk right. shit when you're down. Yeah, try to back it the fuck up. Um, but yeah, that's all I got for this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so thanks for fucking listening. 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.